In this week's teaching, Pastor Andy continues the Friendology message series about the real and authentic relationships in our lives and how God gives us many opportunities to share our faith. So open up your Bibles to John chapter 3 and tune in. Today we're looking at part two of our sermon series, Friendology. And as I said last week, don't look up that word in the dictionary because you will not find it. It's one of those words that Pastor Andy makes up. And what is that? Well, ology just means a study of. So the study of friends. And one of the things we're focusing on uh, in this three-part series, this is part two today, is uh, we're looking at the, the privilege that we have of sharing our faith with people. There's so many people in the world that are searching for Jesus. They may not know it. Sometimes I refer to them as seekers, and uh, there's a lot of seekers in our world. Well, there's an interesting conversation that Jesus has with a man named Nicodemus. It's recorded in John chapter 3. And Jesus befriends, part of this friendology, Jesus befriends this Pharisee named Nicodemus. So let's read about it. John 3, 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. Once again, what did he do? He came to Jesus by night. So that means Nicodemus was the original Nick at night, by the way. Just a side note, okay? This man came to Jesus by night, and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, somebody say born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, And of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Anybody here in this place born again? Amen. You grateful for that? Amen. Yeah. Let's give Jesus praise that we are born again. I want to look at this conversation that Jesus is having with Nicodemus because he, he befriended a man who needed faith in God. What a privilege that we have that same, same uh, purpose in life. Father God, thank you as we prepare for the teaching of your word. We pray that you would enlighten our minds and our hearts in everything we do. We give you glory and praise. Lord, through your Holy Spirit, may we understand your word in a deeper sense. Amen. You may be seated. Quick review. Last week we talked about Friendology, today is part two. We defined the word friend according to the dictionary in this manner. Number one, a friend is a person attached to another by feelings of affection or personal regard. Number two, a friend is a person who gives assistance, a patron or supporter. Number three, a friend is a person who is on good terms with another, a person who is not hostile. Hmm. Then last week, we talked about the Matthew list. We read from Matthew chapter 9, 
that Matthew had a unique strategy to win his non-believing friends to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He invited his tax collector friends and sinners over his house for dinner. You can read about it in Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. And then what he did is he invited Jesus over. And there the gospel message was presented to his non-believing friends. What a great strategy to invite your friends over your house who don't know Jesus and then invite Jesus over and then present the gospel message. A great, great plan. But it all begins with prayer. So last week we learned about the Matthew list. What is that all about? Jotting down, and I handed some last week. If you didn't get one, there's some in the foyer. Or you can use your cell phone, pull it out, and and just create a Matthew list on the notes of your cell phone and uh, and start listing people who you know need Jesus. They need Jesus. Could be a family member, could be a co-worker, could be an extended family member, a friend, an old friend from high school. But you know that they need Jesus. The first step we need to do is begin to pray for them. Is there anybody here who believes in the power of prayer? Amen? Last week, I believe I asked the question, how many of you actually perhaps are here today serving Jesus because somebody was praying for you. In fact, let me see your hands once again. If you believe that you are serving Jesus today because somebody was praying for you, amen. That's more than half of you. Wouldn't it be great if we could turn around and pray for others as well so that one day they could raise their hand and say, somebody was praying for me. That's the Matthew list. So what do we do with the Matthew list? We pull it out every day and we pray for people so that they can come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So today, as we continue this theme, Friendology, we're looking at a unique conversation that Jesus has as he befriends a man named Nicodemus. And I jotted down, I think it's four lessons from Jesus. We can always learn from Jesus, but Jesus had a a, a great approach to people, and he befriended this man. So let's take a look at what he did that we can learn some lessons from that. Number one, make time for relationships. Number one, make time for relationships. You see, we see in the story in John chapter 3 that it was in the evening. Jesus could have easily come up with an excuse not to take time to chat with Nicodemus because after all, it was the evening. You have things to do and you want to relax. Most of us like to relax in the evening Oh, no, do I have to sit down and talk to this guy? But you know what? Jesus made it a point to make time for friendships, for for friendships. The Bible says that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. We don't know what hour of the night. All it says is at night. But sometimes it makes me wonder how sometimes when it comes to friends, do we have a friend, or I'll put it to you this way, do you have a 3 a.m. friend? And by that I mean, is there somebody that you can call at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're having a terrible night? Or maybe things are not going good and you just, hey, can you pray for me? Hey, can I just have somebody, to a shoulder to cry on? Or can I just pour out my heart to you? And if you don't have a 3 a.m. friend, then uh, I kind of believe that maybe we can work on some of our relationships. This is called friendology. Do you have somebody who you can call and won't blow you off? Someone who will listen to you? And I do believe that this is developing that relationship that we need to have with people because it all begins with our relationship with God. Aubrey Malfers was quoted as saying this, 
Jesus defines servant leaders as those who humbly serve others because they love them. So if you're willing to answer the phone when somebody calls you at 3 a.m., then are, are you serving them because you love them? This is what real relationships is all about. Real relationships. So one question I have is this. Do you invest in people? Do you, uh, what do you mean by do you invest in people? Your time, your energy, and sometimes even your resources. Because sometimes we fall into this trap of just, just hanging out with those closest to us and we don't extend our, our realm of reach beyond something close to us or maybe even our Christians. I said last week, I do believe each of us need to have friends who are believers in Jesus and I also believe we need friends who are not believers in Jesus. Why? Because that gives us opportunity to bring them to faith in the Lord because we know that the most important decision anyone can make in life is to turn their heart over to Jesus Christ. What a privilege that we have to do that. But many of us call and call, fall into the trap of what I call the holy huddle. You know what a holy huddle is? I put a definition there in your notes. It is a comfort zone that many believers stay in because they have isolated themselves from opportunities to love people. Now, praise God. Today, we have gathered together in a worship service. This could be a holy huddle, and I praise God. Now, maybe I can put it to you this way. I enjoy football. Any football fans in here? But when I watch football, I like to see them play the game. I'm not that interested when they gather together in a circle called a huddle. And, um, you know, I don't want to see them in a huddle. I want to see them tackle. I want to see them block. I want to see them throw the ball. I want to see them run with the ball. You know what I'm talking about? Kind of like in the Christian realm, we come together on a Sunday morning. This is our huddle. What do we do in a huddle? What do you do in a huddle in a football game? You learn a strategy. This is what we're going to do. This is a play we're going to run. This is how we're going to execute this. This is our game plan. And then when they break the huddle, they go out and they hike the ball and they actually run the play. That's what I like when they actually play the game. But here in the Christian realm, sometimes we get caught up in our holy huddle. And when we dismiss, we go out and we really don't play the game, so to speak. We really don't want to tell people about Jesus. That's our game plan. How many people did you tell about Jesus this past week? Hopefully, it was a good number of people. But if you don't talk about the Lord, if you don't share your faith, then pretty much we're not executing the game plan. We're kind of like focusing on this comfort zone that we oftentimes refer to as the holy huddle. Life lesson. An individual with genuine relationship with the Lord makes way for genuine relationships with people. Real relationships. Lesson number two. Don't have preconceived ideas about certain people. Don't have preconceived ideas about certain people. And the reason I say this, this lesson that we learn in John chapter 3 is that Nicodemus, did you read this? He was a Pharisee. A Pharisee was a religious person who was focused more on the law and not so much on grace. The Pharisees tended to focus more on head knowledge, but not a lot on heart knowledge. Sometimes we, <coughs> we um, hold off sharing our faith because of certain people. In this case, Jesus could have had a 
preconceived idea about Nicodemus because he was, quote, a Pharisee. Oh, this is a man who is focused on the law and not on grace. This is a man who, who has a lot of head knowledge but not a, heart, a lot of heart knowledge. But Jesus knew the importance of befriending a Pharisee. Today, sometimes we have preconceived ideas about certain people. Oh, he's a Catholic. Oh, they're a Presbyterian. They're Methodist. Oh, they're Mormon. Can I tell you something? Whether that person is Catholic or Presbyterian or Methodist or Mormon or Assemblies of God, they need Jesus. Every one of us need Jesus. Do I hear an amen to that? So you can't walk into any friendship with a preconceived idea about this person. Oh, they're not going to come to the Lord, or they are going to come to the Lord. However it is, oh, I'm not going to get through to them. Sometimes we walk into, into relationships with preconceived ideas. In fact, another example of this idea is found in John chapter 4, the very next chapter, where Jesus befriends a Samaritan woman. You may know the story at the well. Who are the Samaritans? These were the outcasts. The Samaritan people were kind of part Jew, part Gentile. They were kind of, um, and, and the Jewish people, they said, we don't accept the Samaritans. The Gentiles said, we don't accept the Samaritans. So they were pretty much the outcasts. The area, Samaria, where they lived, when people would travel, they would literally take the long way around. They would take Loop 1604 around so they wouldn't go into the center of where Samaria was at because they didn't want to run in to those uh, Samaritan people. But Jesus didn't have preconceived ideas about the Samaritan people. She didn't have, he, she, speaking about the Samaritan woman, uh, needed Jesus. She needed faith in the Lord. So Jesus ministered to her. You can read about that one in John chapter 4. We need to be careful about having preconceived ideas about people. Oh, this person is homeless. He'll never receive the Lord. Or this person is, 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 is on drugs. He'll, she'll never receive the Lord. No, no, no. Don't have preconceived ideas about certain people when we befriend them or when we have the privilege of sharing our faith with them. But we tend to do that because... We hold certain preconceived ideas today because of other people. Maybe it's because of the color of their skin or the language they speak or maybe the political views that they have. We have preconceived ideas or maybe because I'm not going to share my faith with him because he's not a fan of the San Antonio Spurs. Whatever it is, okay? Don't have preconceived ideas. Here's a life lesson. Real relationships know no boundaries. Lesson three that we learned from Jesus. We're learning from uh, lessons from Jesus. Listen with genuine attention. Now, as we continue with this conversation that Jesus is having with Nicodemus, we see that Jesus gives Nicodemus genuine attention. There's a conversation. And the reason this is important is because sometimes we have this idea, I'm going to tell him how to run his life. I'm going to tell him he needs to do this and that and that. But sometimes the people that we are befriending or ministering to, sometimes they just need an ear to listen to them. Listen to this conversation, verse 9. We're in John 3. Nicodemus said to Jesus, 
How can these things be? Jesus answered, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness of what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If you have told, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him must have eternal life. So we see there's a great conversation going back and forth, especially in the first 15 verses of John 3. Nicodemus has a question. Jesus has an answer. But Jesus answers him intently. Jesus listens to him, and he values this conversation. We need to do the same. When we are talking to people about the Lord especially, we need to listen to them. Because sometimes we walk in with a certain agenda, and I understand our, sometimes our goal is to bring them to faith in Jesus. I understand that. But sometimes we just need to listen to them. Which leads me to the next question. Is there a difference between hearing and listening? There is. And let me just give you, give you the, a little bit of a difference. Hearing is simply the act of perceiving a sound with our ear. Oh, yeah, I heard that siren. I, I heard this noise. Listening, however, is something you consciously choose to do. Listening requires concentration so that your brain processes meaning from words and sentences. What I'm saying here is Jesus teaches us how to listen intently to people. Because once you listen to them, what happens? You capture their heart and you become their friend. In any friendship, in any relationship, don't you want somebody who will listen to you? Yeah, we all want that. We want somebody who will listen to us. Yeah, I want to share this with you. Can we just take some time to, to chat and converse? And it's so important for us to listen. That's what Jesus was doing here for Nicodemus. Carl Vaders, listen to this quote. He says, the best on-ramp for breaking through the apathy barrier is showing people that you care. And the best way to start doing that is to listen to them. Make less statements and have more conversations. Did you catch that last sentence? Make less statements and have more conversations. See, sometimes we want to make a statement. I'm going to tell him what he needs to do. Yeah, I'm going to tell And we, we are so interested. You see this a lot on social media. People want to make statements. But do we listen to others? See, that's the key that Jesus is teaching us here in this friendology lesson. Listen to people. Where are they at? What questions do they have? And then you can respond. Another lesson, we're going to lesson number four that Jesus teaches us here in John 3. Create opportunities to share the gospel message. Create opportunities to share the gospel message. Now, what's happening here, I hope you're catching it. And in fact, I go back a little bit to chapter 2 of John. We won't have to read a lot of scripture there. But there's an interesting passage there because in chapter 2, Jesus makes this statement if you destroy this temple, I will build it up in three days. What kind of statement is that? 
actually what Jesus was doing. He made that statement to entice him to further conversation. What is he talking about? Can he do this? Well, we know that Jesus was talking about how he would be dead and raised on the third day. But how could they know what he's talking about? By deeper conversations. So Jesus was kind of whetting their appetite. Jesus was kind of baiting them to further conversation because here's the ultimate goal. The next verse, verse 16, this is what Jesus tells Nicodemus, but it, it, was, it was all a setup because Jesus in his wise ways of communication kind of prepared Nicodemus for this message. We know what verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Once again, how in the world, this is the greatest scripture that any of us Many of you, most of you probably even know that scripture by memory. But do you understand how Jesus got to the point of sharing this beautiful scripture? He befriended Nicodemus. He opened up conversation with him. Jesus listened to Nicodemus in his heart. He engaged in this conversation. And then it led to the point where Jesus was able to say one of the greatest statements of what salvation is all about for God. So loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, should not die, but have everlasting life. Amen. You see, when we ask God for wisdom in our conversations and befriending people, we can get to that point. We can whet their appetite. We can whet their appetite. Andy Stanley, this is going to be a good one. Some of you after you read this next Next uh, statement may say, ouch. He says, our tendency is to pray for miracles, but in most situations, it is more appropriate to pray for opportunities. Mm. I didn't hear any ouches, but I'll say that, okay? (laughs) Our tendency is to pray for miracles, but in most situations, it is more appropriate to pray for opportunities. What is he talking about? Opportunities to tell somebody about Jesus. Opportunities to love somebody. This is what we're called to do, love God and love people. Opportunities to to extend someone the grace of God. And sometimes we get caught. Now, I'm not against miracles. Please don't get me wrong. We need miracles. But if people are not putting their faith in God, you know, maybe we need to pray for opportunities to share our faith with people. Handing someone a, a Fortress Church invite card can create an opportunity to share your faith. By the way, we have a whole lot more. Some of you picked up a batch on last Sunday. Love for you to pick one up uh, before you leave today in the foyer. Uh, Maybe Brother Christian back there, you can have a stack of the invite cards because this is a great opportunity as we approach Resurrection Sunday. A lot of people say, well, I haven't been to church since Christmas, so maybe I'll go for Easter. Well, great opportunity. Bring them to church. Invite them. Maybe they'll sit here and give their heart to Jesus Christ. What are you doing? You are preparing the ground. You are whetting their appetite to hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
posting something on social media that is positive and godly could very well create an opportunity for you to share your faith with somebody. I oftentimes call these divine opportunities. What is a divine opportunity? I'm going to say this because God doesn't work by coincidence. God doesn't, you know, things that happen in your life, they don't happen by coincidence. God orchestrates what you do and what goes on in your life. Divine opportunities are God-ordained encounters with individuals for the purpose of sharing your faith. Divine opportunities. Is it a coincidence that you run into somebody you had not seen in years? Not a coincidence. Perhaps God orchestrated that because they need somebody to tell them about Jesus and don't pass up that opportunity to rekindle a friendship and tell that person about Jesus. It's not by coincidence that God has you in a particular workplace. It's not by coincidence that God had you born into a particular family or part of a particular family. It's not by coincidence that you are in a particular classroom or that you have a particular circle of friends. God gives you divine opportunities. Today, I want to encourage you to take advantage of those opportunities. Jesus did. He befriended a man who needed salvation. The man that we're talking about is Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. He had a lot of religion. There's a lot of religious people around us, but how many know even religious people need Jesus? And what are we doing to reach out to them, to listen to them, to embrace them, to love them, to extend the grace of God? Jesus did it, and so can we. Proverbs 11.30 says this, He who wins souls is wise. Anybody want to have the wisdom of God? What do you got to do? Win souls. Tell people about Jesus. So is everyone that you share your faith with going to make a decision for Christ? In fact, no, no. The majority of the people you share your faith with, I'll tell you right now, will not come to faith in the Lord. Statistics show that on the average, a person needs to hear the gospel message 6.7 times before they make a decision for Christ. What does that mean? That means, and I don't know how many times you needed to hear the message of the gospel before you said, you know what, I'm going to surrender my heart to Jesus Christ. But don't get discouraged if you're the fourth person who tells this person about Jesus. Now, I'm not saying everybody turns their heart over to the Lord at the sixth or seventh time. No, some people need 20 times to hear the gospel, and then they'll make a decision. Others, they'll hear it for the very first time, and they'll make a decision. This is just an average. But what I'm saying is don't get discouraged. If you're sharing your faith with somebody, and they don't come to faith in the Lord, keep on going, keep on praying, keep on talking to them about Jesus, because... um, Sometimes we we back off, and sometimes we develop certain fears. Well, I'm afraid of what they're going to say. I'm I'm afraid they're going to reject me if I tell them about Jesus. We have the tendency to, to develop certain fears about sharing our faith. So many people, many Christians, just don't do it. I said last week, 98% of people who say I'm a Christian are not actively bringing people to faith in Jesus. And maybe it's because... They have certain fears. So this week's Digging Deeper Notes, I jotted down this. Ten ways to conquer the fear of sharing your faith. Ten ways to conquer your fear of sharing your faith. Why is that important? Because I want you to overcome those fears. 
want you to overcome those fears. Just real quickly, I'm going to tell you uh, number five on this list because this is something that, that I learned. Number five on this list, and you can get your copy over there, is don't be afraid of being asked questions that you don't have answers for. I remember one time a number of years ago, I was sharing my faith with somebody, and I wanted to tell him about Jesus, and he says, he says hey, hey, Randy, uh, can you tell me the fruit that Eve ate of, was that, was that really an apple? Because the Bible says the fruit, it doesn't really say it's an apple. Was it an apple? Now, now here, here's the deal. Um, that has nothing to do with their eternal life, whether that was an apple or not, okay? But he, he, here's what I did. And, and just one, one of the things, I'm teaching you how to overcome or conquer your fear of sharing your faith. You know what? Some people say, ooh, I'm afraid of being asked a question I don't have the answer to. What am I going to say? This is a beautiful opportunity. You know what I tell them? You know what? That is a great question. And you know what I want to do? I want to research that question, and I'm going to find an answer for you. Are you available for, available for lunch next Thursday at 12 noon? We'll meet right here. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. What did I just do? I created a second opportunity to keep on telling them about Jesus. Okay? So in one way, you could be fearful. Oh, what are they going to do? What am I going to do, rather, if they ask me a question that I don't have an answer for? To me, that's, yeah, ask me a question I don't have an answer for. Because we're going to create another opportunity to meet up again, and we're going to talk about Jesus some more. See what I'm saying? That's one way to conquer your fear. And that's, just, that's number five on this list of, of sharing your faith. Because many of us have those fears of sharing our faith. Befriend them. And just tell them about Jesus. Tell them what God has done in your life. So one of the things I'm encouraging you to do is connect with people. And we're giving you resources, inviting them. Of course, once again, this is a beautiful season to invite people to church. A great way to open up a conversation is inviting them to church. Telling them about what God has done in your life. So today, I want you to purpose to create that Matthew list. Begin praying for people who need Jesus. Begin telling them about what God has done in your life. And, and just say, God, would you allow me an opportunity to share my faith with these people? Well, I hope you enjoyed this teaching from Pastor Andy this week on evangelism and relationships. And I hope you're challenged to share your faith and share the message of Jesus with someone in your life, your coworkers, friends, and family. Whoever's in your life, I hope this challenges you to do that. And like Pastor Randy said, he wants to give you a free resource on the Digging Deeper Notes. And you could look at that up on our website at fortresschurch.org slash blogs. And the newest addition to the blogs uh, is 10 Ways to Conquer Your Fear of Sharing Your Faith. So check it out on our website. We hope that you enjoy that as well. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.